So good evening everybody and welcome to Bristol Identity, What's Unique? It's an association uh, with the M-Shed. I'll introduce our panel and um, just to let you know what we'd like to do this evening is get our questions on the chat function. So if you don't know where that is, have a little look around uh, on your screen and there is a chat function there. So if you could use that, that would be amazing. My name's Pat Hart, I'm your host for this evening and uh, what I want to do is to introduce our panel of three and I haven't warned you yet they're just going to literally give you a sentence or two about them and then I'm going to kick off. Kayla Chung let's start with you. Evening. Hello so firstly I got a weird gammy mouth infection so if I sound weird it's tough um but yeah I'm a music artist born and bred from Northwestern Bristol and I'm currently also the creative director of Field Community Centre in Northwest. Um, I'm a creative person. I like fun, happiness, culture, making friends, and not having mouth infections. <laughs> Thank you, Kayla. Lloyd Russell. Good evening, all. Good evening. What can I say? I was, I'm a born bred Bristolian, but my, my parents come from the Jamaica, and I'm the firstborn. And I'm just like to say, I'm I'm a busy person. I think I've made a good impression in this city. I'm part of the city. I love the city. I'm, I'm just proud to be Bristolian. Hey, listen, we'll be the judge of whether you're Bristolian or not by the end of, the, by the end of this discussion. Um, <laughs> Neil Maggs, evening. Good evening, everybody. Uh, so, yeah, I'm Neil Maggs. I grew up in, uh, in Eastern. I am a journalist now uh, with a background in community and sport development. And uh, I, I argue with a lot of people about what is and what isn't the Bristolian. So this is going to be interesting. And as I say, as uh, people are joining us, welcome to all of you. It's been uh, right across the country and worldwide. It's been a strange year, 2020. But it's also put Bristol into the headlines as well. The, the toppling of that statue. The adding of another statue. Uh, the removal of a slave trader's name. And now the Bristol Beacon, a new music venue that, that uh, heads the Bristol Music Trust who work across the city. So lots to talk about. Many people divided on social media, not just about things like Black Lives Matter, but about Bristolians as well, the true Bristolians. Who are true Bristolians? I mean, what do you need to be? Do, could I be one? I've been here 40 years. Have you got to be born and bred? Have you got to be white? Have you got to have a Bristol accent? If you speak a little bit posh, can you be classed as a Bristolian? Loads of questions, and I'm sure, and I hope, by the end of this discussion, we might come to some kind of conclusion or we just might agree to differ. So let's kick off. Magsy, I'm interested to go to you first. What is okay. a true Bristolian? That's a killer question, isn't it? I know. I thought uh, I'd kick uh, off. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, my, the, the, I think the simple answer to that is there probably isn't a definitive definition. Um, I think probably... Being a Bristolian is no different than being a Scouser or a, a Geordie or a Mancunian. That you have to, I think, have spent some period of time in your childhood at a certain point, not maybe moved to Bristol as an adult, to be considered a Bristolian. Wow. Okay, that's interesting. So you need to... So I, there's hope for me, right? I came here when I was 13 um, and I got into a fight at school because this kid, Kevin Beaumont, funnily enough, he was from he was from Whitehall. All he said to me 
I'm not going to do his accent, but he said, here, do you want to hang around with me and be my best mate? But I didn't understand him at the time because I kind of yeah. sport like that. And then he asked me three times and I didn't understand. I said, what? He said, you're being funny. And then he wanted to fight me. So, but I was here from 13. Kayla, Kayla Chung, what, what constitutes a, a real Bristolian for you? Well, if they chat Bristolian, they definitely get a pass. I'm not even then going to ask them when they were born and where they were born and when they moved there and all that stuff. But if they don't, that's an interesting thought because I'm South Bristol and yeah. everyone in South Bristol, I think, chats Bristolian. But maybe in North Bristol, the people I thought that weren't from here that moved there, maybe they are Bristolian and they just don't chat the same. So that I'm a bit questioning. I like Neil's idea of if you grew up there, because I think it's like your childhood or like your growing shapes who you are. So I think there's something about it sh shaping who you are. Okay. That would then make you Bristolian. So, so how important is accent? How important is accent, Kayla, for you? Well, 95%. Okay. I'm looking at <laughs> the... You have to have a strong argument, otherwise. <laughs> so I'm looking, it just says, can, I, can anyone identify as Bristolian? Do you have to be born here? Uh, do we have a right to say to someone that they're not a Bristolian if they self-identify as a Bristolian. Lloyd Russell, give us your answer first is what is a true Bristolian? And well, yeah, let's let's start with that. Well, I, I'm, I'm, I got to go back to my parents, Pat, because my parents came from the Caribbean. They came here, they came, as far as I'm concerned, they came and they conquered. Um, they went through hell and they came here. And as, a, as first born to my parents and my generation, we took up the baton and we've, we've embraced it. And we've, I think we've, made Bristol like it is today, personally. I do believe that, you know? And yeah, I, I just think we've earned the right, I've earned the right to be a true Bristolian from the back of my parents, personally. But you were bo you were born here, right? I was born here, yeah. Southmead? Well, oh, I don't be so, yeah, yeah, well, it's Southmead then. No, hospital, <laughs> yes. no, 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 okay. But my point is, is that you were born here, you got a Bristolian accent, you spent all of yeah. your life here, right? But there yeah. are people, so Ivan Jackson is saying, look, if I want to self-identify as a Bristolian, for example, am I allowed to? Who Who is it that tells someone that they're not Bristolian? So I haven't, some people say I've got a Bristolian accent. Other people say if I'm, you know, on the BBC, hello, everybody, how are you today? And I'll, I'll, I'll lose it. Um, or if I'm in a job interview, sometimes you might lose it. If I'm on the football pitch, all my mates will say, Pat, you speak Bristolian. So... Can I class myself as someone who came here at 13, Lloyd? Mm. I know I'm a Derby fan. Don't bring that in. <laughs> Can I class myself? I think anyone. I think if you've been in, in any city long enough, you can, of course you can. But you have, I think you have to contribute to it to make it part of what it is. Okay. You, you have to contribute, I think, to believe, say, yes, I've done my bit. I've contributed. So I'm entitled to be Bristolian. You have to be necessarily born, born here, but... Yeah, you have to contribute to it, I think, okay. to make you part of the city. Kayla, how much how much does um we've spoken a little bit about accent, but so people that you might turn around and say, Well, they're posh, they might have lived in Bristol all their life, but they don't have a Bristolian accent. Do you identify them or can you still identify them as Bristolian? Uh I could. But I'd say to them, Why don't you chat like me? 
And their answer is fine, but I just would be curious. Okay, but then say somebody that's arrived, I don't know, from a war-torn country. Let's say someone who's arrived from Syria at maybe 13, um, but now they're 30 um, mm. or 35. But as you know, some people retain an accent, don't they? They don't always keep it. You know, they, they won't grow a new accent, but they might have been in the city for, for many years. So if they haven't got the accent and they speak in a, in a Syrian accent, but hmm. they define themselves as Bristolian, what would you say to them? I think if you're from, if you're born somewhere and you learn your tongue in another language, yeah. then it makes sense hmm. that you would have a different tongue. Because when you said that, I thought about my dad. Yeah. I mean, he didn't actually class himself as Bristolian, but um, he moved here when he was 17. Um, and he he does still have, like, some of his Chinese accent in the way he speaks. And I don't think he sounds Bristolian. Does, so he, was does he think he sounds Bristolian? No. Okay. Uh, but he doesn't class himself as Bristolian. I think some people have a thing and a connection to their city and often a strong a strong thing to notice is an accent, but I wouldn't mm. rule out someone who didn't have a Bristolian accent. I'd just be a bit more curious about them. Okay. But yeah, I wouldn't say, I would never say to someone, you can't say you're Bristolian or have an argument about it, but just assume if someone was or wasn't based on their way they spoke. Okay, Neil, you're a broadcaster, right? Um, mm -hmm. Bit of a maverick, as people like to call you. Have you been held back by your accent? Um, I'm interested to know other people's perception of the Bristolian accent. And I'll ask Lloyd and Cader in a second. Um, <clears throat> yes, yes. And uh, can I just quickly come back on the identification thing? That yeah. I, I just I don't think just because you self-identify as something doesn't mean that you are that. So I could self-identify as a scouser, but it doesn't make me doesn't make me one. So I think that there is a there's that balance between Bristol, uh, you know, having some identity like other places anywhere around the world is. And I think that you need to kind of uh, accept there are some kind of parameters to, to anything. And, and, you know, a lot of people talk about cultural appropriation, don't they? So if I suddenly decided that I was from X or Y, you could be accused of cultural appropriation. So if you move to Bristol, say you're a Bristolian. And there's a big difference between being accepted and loved in Bristol and being a Bristolian. You don't have to be a Bristolian to be loved and accepted, yeah? Okay. Um, Accent-wise, uh, yes, I have in certain circles and quarters. I think um, in the in the broadcast media, there's very few local Bristol accents. I think that there's that perception of us being a bit thick, a bit stupid, a bit slow. Um, there aren't many uh, examples of presenters with gravitas. We'll get the comic, the funny roles, the Vicky Pollard stuff, but you don't get the likes yeah. of Hugh Edwards. You know, when's the last time you heard of an actual Bristolian or West Country accent presenting the news? It doesn't happen, and, and and I think that's something that you know that 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 we that we need to kind of shift and change. So I probably I, it's probably advantaged me in some ways because there's there's very fewer of me, but in the same extent, I think it probably has. I've probably been boxed in as a, you are this type of presenter because you speak like you do. Okay. Yeah. Lloyd, um, yeah. in terms of the accent, um, yeah. a lot of people, and I'll ask people, but from someone who's not originally from Bristol, yeah. I came here yeah. when I was 13, all I remember yeah. was the football results, and everyone would say, oh, farmer, farmer. Um, yeah. and, and I thought Bristol was this little country place. Little did I know 
it was a massive place, bigger than Nottingham, um, from yep. where I was, and it's become my home. But how do you think people perceive your your accent? And do they make? I mean, you have double trouble. You're a black man yep. with a Bristol accent, yep. right? Yep. So, yep. so people can misjudge you in in, in in lots of ways. What's your experience? As a, as a, as a black person, I can play the game. I was educated quite well, fortunately. You know, they sent me to a decent school. So yeah. I can play the game. And uh, uh, what I, something I learned quick is know how to, whatever company you're in, you you adapt to it. So if I'm in a white white audience, I can adapt to that audience. When I'm in my own culture, I can also go back to my roots culture if, I, if need be. But funny enough, a lot of my family live in London. Yeah. And when I go yeah. to London... I do get that. Oh, here's the farmer boy from Bristol, you know, all yeah. that stuff. You know what I'm saying? With, with, with the Jamaican twang on it, you know? So yeah. I yeah. think I'm intelligent enough to play whatever whatever audience I'm in. I can adapt to it, basically. So I'm smart. It's called being smart. Okay. But how about how other people can perceive? Do you think they perceive people with, a, say, a Bristolian accent as either less intelligent or more friendly or less friendly? Um well, I like to think it's like in the role I play. I'm, I help a lot of children, as people know, in the communities. I, I like, and when I'm often on the phone, when I'm on the phone, I can speak good English. Yeah. But yet, when I arrive at the door, the person's quite surprised to think, "Oh, wow, you're." You could tell us thinking, "Well, you're black." Yeah. You know, you could feel that. You could feel the vibe straight away. You know, so fortunately, I can get away with it. Okay. Um, I'm seeing some questions coming on my on on, on the chat line, so. Um, as people are talking, I will have a little look. Just to address the fact that on a lot of social media that I posted, certainly, I don't know about you, Magsy and Kayla and, and Lloyd, people said Bristolians don't say Brizzle, right? And yeah. for a yeah. day or so, for a day or so, I thought, yeah. But then I thought to myself, hang on a minute. And it's the same with the whole um, Hall and Bristol Beacon argument. Some people seem to proclaim that they are the lords of Bristol. So they just because they might be Bristolian, they decide what other Bristolians think. So I've seen Brizzle before. I've seen it on T-shirts, as I was talking to Karen earlier. But some people will say, Bristol, I don't know any Bristolians that have ever, ever used the phrase Brizzle, because it is Brizzle Week. So I'm interested to know from the panel, um, is that right? I mean, have you ever used Brizzle, or is it alien to you? Kayla? Uh, I've never used Brizzle, but when I saw it, I was like, I've heard that people say that somebody used to say this. Right. It feels like it might be like old slang or something. But Chris in the chat, he said, um, it, it, people say Bristol, like with the W. Sorry, I can't even pronounce properly at the moment with my mouth. That's but, okay, cool. Um, yeah, I think I say Bristol, like I just say Bristol rather than Brizzle. I, I've, ne I've never heard anyone say that Brizzle, but maybe they used to okay um chris chris says um we won't use family names or or last names we'll just use first um chris says brizzle is used by patronizing middle class rugby supporters all right yeah, okay he's right he's um, right if um, <laughs> so what do you think magsy brizzle b-r-i-double-z-l-e I agree with Chris, to be honest. I think it's a, it's a term that's uh, usually kind of put about Bristol. People say Bristol often from people that aren't from the city. Most people that are born in Bristol or have lived in Bristol or, or consider themselves Bristolian would say Bristol, A-W-L, not Bristol. All right, Bristol. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, Lloyd, Bristol, Bristol. 
Where are you? Where are you from, mate? Bristol, mate. N- never heard of Brazil. It's not even in my vocabulary, to be honest, mate. I have never heard of Brazil. Okay. Makes it, it, I feel stupid to mention it, to be honest. All right. Well, it's Brizzle Week, hashtag, so there you go. But all right, no, 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 it's important. I mean, I'm. Uh, who am I to judge? I'm, I'm just asking the questions. So Ivan says, when I came to Bristol, I was 20, 21. I consider myself Bristolian. Been here 35 odd years. So does he get a pass, everyone? Ivan Jackson, been yeah. here 35 years. Came yeah. to study, loved the city and never left. Um, can we get a thumbs has up or con- thumbs has down? Has he contributed, Pat? Well, he's been producing at um, BCFM on the Breakfast Show and volunteering Brilliant. for years. Brilliant. Concord Museum. Yeah. Can, can, can I just say, if when did he come? Twenty what? Twenty. Twenty. Well, when he was twenty-one. If if he was from Glasgow, Liverpool, Belfast, and had a really strong Belfast accent, or he was a Scouser, would he want to be a Bristolian, and why? Because that's the key point. Because I think it says a lot about where somebody comes from. Yeah. More than and their lack of identity yeah. by where they're from than actually Absolutely. the fact that they want to be a Bristolian. Why? Why would you want to be a Bristolian if you're not comfortable with where you come from? If I moved to Liverpool at the age of twenty-two, I'd still be Bristolian. This is that bit I don't understand. Yeah. Okay. I mean, that's 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 interesting. I mean, and and you could turn that on its head. Look at you, Magsy, with a smile on your face. You could turn it on its head because you could say many people who come for a better life from different countries want to be British. And you could turn around and say, well, hang on a minute. You're not from here. Why, why do you want to be British? UK citizenship's different, I think, than a, than a, a kind of city identity. A, why? A kind of sense, sense. But, well, because it comes with citizenship, doesn't it? It comes with a, it comes with a passport. I mean, you know, my own wife, as you know, came here from Brazil when she was eight. Yeah. Uh, and speaks like she's from Hillfields. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, you know, she sees herself as Brazilian, but also Bristolian. So you can have a dual kind of identity. Her mother came here at the age of 30, maybe late, mid to late 30s, and would say she was Brazilian, not Bristolian. So there is a subtle difference, I think. There is a subtle difference. All right. All right, cool. Now, being Bristolian, right, the identity. Um, We've seen these films that Sherry's made, Sherry Eugenia, and and they've been on the M-Shed YouTube channel, and we've we've been sharing them around. What what people think... um, you know, when they think of Bristol, what are the famous phrases? Um, so we've cancelled out Brizzle for a start. Um, Cheers Drive um, was uh, that that's been posted on my timeline about twenty times today. Gert Lush, that it must have been a picture of you, Neil, that that somebody spoke <laughs> right. about. Okay. What yeah. is it unique about Bristolians, either in the language or just in the personality? Um, Lloyd. Yeah. What's unique? Do you think about Bristolians, as opposed to any other, um, you know, group in, in around the country. I, I, I think personally, Bristol, from where it's come from to where it is now, and the people we got here in the city is quite unique. We got a, a multicultural city, we got a, a diverse city, um, and I think, on the whole, Bristol people are very vocal, and they want to, they want to make a point, they want to make a point, and they want to make a difference to the city i think we're very unique for, for the size we're in for the size of it really compared to the other major cities okay thank you um kayla um what what's unique about being bristolian well when i just ponder on that i was gonna answer from earlier as well about um 
When I went to uni, it was my first experience of being around a load of people that didn't know what Bristol was. And they did all think that I was stupid. And I know it might be the way I act sometimes, but I swear the accent had a lot to do with it. But at the same time, it was a bonus because whenever I did something smart, everyone was really impressed like they weren't expecting it. So. <laughs> <laughs> but and then going back to what um, I did a multimedia journalism degree and um, we were getting so much training about not speaking in our accents. And I ended up doing like my final video piece on like prejudice against my accent, basically. So I felt quite strongly about it. Um, but you're question what 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 makes bristol different or what that's such a hard question um i do think there's something in there about creativity friendliness pulling togetherness like uh having a connection with your city i think there's something in that what neil was saying before right if you don't have a connection with somewhere else and then you come here and you have a connection you want to say you're a bristolian because you feel that connection um and i think that's i do feel like there's not many people really feel that connection and are really proud about it. Yeah. Um, I do think there's something about this mix between green space and like actually having a thriving city hub. I feel like that kind of is what has evolved our accent, that what makes us be the kind of people we are, that we have those two parts of life. You know, you go to London and it's all hustle and bustle. You go to the country, countryside and there's maybe less innovation because you're not seeing new stuff all the time. I feel like there's something about those two spaces, those two opposites that help shape like who we become. Hmm. Okay. Thank you. I just want to give um, a little bit of feedback. So um, Chris is saying, can we feed back uh, to the cultural custodians at the museum? Um, by using Brizzle, it gives credibility and people who are trying to fit in think that that's what they have to say. Um, Okay, well, it's been fed back because Bristol Museum are listening. Ivan says, um, in reply to Neil Maggs's question, well, why do you want to be Bristolian then if you're not from here? He says, it's the place I've lived longest in. I'm originally from London, but after such a long time, it feels weird to say I'm a Londoner. I'd actually feel a fraudster to say that. Um, so, so Neil, that's your reply. Kayla, you, you reacted to that. What, what, what are your thoughts? I was thinking that earlier when Neil was chatting that. I don't know why I didn't say I think you want my turn, but I was thinking, you know, I think going back to when you were having that conversation about where you grow up, I was yeah. thinking, you know, is that, it might not even be the age, it might just be like the defining period of your life or the emerging period of life or your longest period of your life. Yeah, so... I don't know. Yeah, I just I just really, really agreed with with that comment. I it rung really true for me because, yeah, why would I wouldn't like I my half my heritage is from Hong Kong, but I would never say what a lot of people do, which is they're a Hong Kongian. And I would feel weird saying that. Um, I'm getting a bit of cut out. It might be at my end. Um, Neil, in, in reply yep. to in reply to what Ivan's saying, it, it, is that fine? He says he's. He'd feel a fraud to saying that he's a Londoner because he's lived here the longest. Um, yeah. Depends what part of London he's from. If I'll he was from it. near the, is it the, the Bow Bells, where they consider themselves a Cockney, I doubt he probably would say that. He may, might be from North London. I don't know. I mean, I th I, yeah, I mean, that's 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 his own kind of personal thing. But I think you, you have... Oh, Charing Cross, he's just come back and said he's from... Um, yeah, 
I, 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 London's interesting because London's obviously a metropolitan transient city that people from all around the world live. So I think if you were from, as I said, Hull, Liverpool, Manchester originally, that might be different. Can I come in on the what's unique about Bristol? And I think mm. what Michaela said was really bang on. It, I think the what shapes who Bristolians are and what the city is, is, is a lot about the geography. And I think for years we probably have been seen as a bit of a backwater and that's kind of changed in recent times. But we're quite, I think we're quite laid back. We're quite easy going. But also because we are so isolated, it's a bit like Seattle in the United States. It's kind of stuck up there. And you find a lot of movements start in Bristol. We don't copy other people. So when it comes to graffiti, yeah. we start it here. When it comes Absolutely. to drum and bass, we start it here. When it comes to like the early kind of hip hop scene, we've had some amazing, brilliant, world class uh arts movements in Bristol because we haven't had a handout from London we've just done it ourselves because we've had to that's that's part of the original Bristol spirit for me I think and I think we forget that a bit because obviously at the moment art has been co-opted a bit dare I say by quite a lot of white middle-class Londoners that have moved into Bristol and I think that we've lost some of that authenticity a bit that we need to kind of re uh kind of reawaken I think okay um, just chuck that in to be a bit controversial. No, but, no, yeah. no, 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 that's fine. You, you're never not controversial, Neil. Um, just going back, though, I, I sense almost like a bit of a protectionism from you about, you know, in this this kind of spat with Ivan saying, well, I want to be Bristolian. Well, why? You know, are, are you ashamed of who you are? It's almost like, <laughs> well, you no, you're not welcome. I, I'm Bristolian and, and, and you're, you know, no, it's not. not going, no, it's not. No, 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 it's, no, it's not about being welcome. It's about. You don't, I don't have to welcome somebody if they're Bristolian or not. I, I, I can't stand some Bristolians and I love people that aren't Bristolian. Yeah. It doesn't matter whether you're Bristolian to me. It doesn't matter whether you're Bristolian to Bristolians. Yeah. It's, it's so I can still love you and accept you yeah. and want you here. And it's brilliant that you're here, but it doesn't, you don't have to identify with what that is. Yeah. It's mm -hmm. that bit that, that is, that is, that is, that is, there's an osmosis there, which is why, why do you, why do you need to want to be? to feel part of the city. Bristol is a multicultural city. Bristol is an accepting city. Bristol is an open-minded city, wherever you are from. I'm totally cool from someone from London or anywhere around the world. Okay. That's fine. That's right. fine. It, 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 Bristol's great for that. Yeah. Don't get defensive, okay. Neil. Um, so Nick, <laughs> <laughs> Nick has said there's an independent spirit and the confidence of the city has increased significantly over the last 10 years. Now, I'm going to come to that now, but, you know, politically, um, Bristol, I guess, is a bit like an island politically, whatever anyone's political colour is. Um, mm. And with what's happened with um, Colston, the statue, Colston Hall, the Bristol Beacon now, um, somebody did say, can the panellists say the Bristol Beacon in our accent, but um, I'm sure you will um, throughout the course of this. I'm interested to, to hear, and Kayla, I'll start with you that we've got these merchant ventures um there's this some people will say a big divide in the in the working class areas um whether that's inner city eastern saint paul's or hartcliffe or or or, or Wivy Wood or noel um how powerful are normal bristolians how powerful do you feel now in comparison to maybe 15 20 years ago well, I don't know if that answers your question, but a moment leaps to mind. And it goes back to what I was saying when I went to uni is like everyone did used to take the mick out of me. We all loved each other in the end, but for my accent and they'd get me to say things and then laugh like I was a clown. But um, it was all fine. However, like 
even when I came back to Bristol, they still thought like I rolled around in the hay and we didn't do anything. And um, the moment that that statue toppled, I got a tweet from um, one of my classmates saying, I'm so proud of Bristol right now. And I just felt like really proud and noticed, like as in as the city, not as me, like for the city. And it was this moment for me and I did feel really proud. And um, yeah, and I do think I really do agree with what Nick's saying about one, always having an independent spirit. I think it's almost like summarising what Neil was saying on reflection to what I was saying. Um but yeah, that confidence I do think is growing the more we get recognised because I didn't have that confidence in my city. It took a lot of, I have done a lot of speaking for our city at yeah. like events and stuff. And I, I become more proud the more we do and the more I, you know, go out there and see us being spoken about. Okay. Lloyd, um, I was listening to a podcast uh, today on, on Norwest and um one one of the ladies being interviewed said oh we used to have all these things but they took it away from us and she was talking about um the the swimming pool actually in um in Philwood Philwood Broadway yeah. and um and there's often been this feeling uh, by many forgotten communities in the city i guess that we don't have any power do you think that's changed or changing now well there's a lot of politics involved in it. There's a lot of mix-up between politics and, and I think, with regard to statue, I think, personally, I think I'm glad it's gone. But again, many, many thousands didn't even know the statue was even there in the first place. So you've got that argument as well, you know. But I personally, I'm, I'm, I'm glad it's gone. I was part of a committee many years ago who went to the council and said, look, you need to get rid of this because, you know, put it in the museum many years ago. So, point that it's gone now. I don't. I'm not losing no sleep over. I think it's a good thing. It's a good thing. And the, and the, the name for Colson Hall. I think yeah, yeah. Fair play. Different different name. Let's move on. Let's move on with it. Mm. So I think. Okay. Time time stands still for no one, Pat. All right. All right. Um, Magzi, in terms of the the power thing, the shift of power from you know um, vent merchant venturers. You know, I'm, I'm not going to start mentioning names because I'm unpopular enough already. But, um, you know, that, those in power, back to the people. Has, has, has there been a shift? Yeah, I think there has. And, and i kind of going to contradict myself now. I mean, I said it slightly tongue-in-cheek that actually I do think a lot of newer people that have come in, particularly from London, when I live in an Eastern and my whole road's sort of changed in the last, you know, last five years, remarkably so. Actually, what that has done is that some of the things in Bristol that we just tolerated and accepted, and I'm going to put, push the boat out now and say, you know, an unelected power like the Merchant Ventures that have kind of run a bit roughshore across the political um, political uh, establishment in the city, I don't think that's accepted now. People from outside the city have said to me, what, you've got a statue of a slave trader right in the middle and no one's ever questioned it. It's not been taken down. That should have been taken down a long time ago. Or you've got this Masonic organisation that are connected. You know, and, and actually, I think that having fresh eyes and ears and experience and having the media like Channel 4 and uh, having uh, the National BBC, we've had the Washington Post, we've had New, New York Times, they've come in and gone, Crikey, how did you how did you put up with that for so long? And I think we did because we're too laid back. So actually, that is a positive, I think, of an influx of new people that are politically engaged and have kind of 
pushed us because pushed us to sort of do something about it. And I thought it was a monumental day in Bristol, as Nikita said, set a precedent that had a ripple effect around the world. It, it was brilliant, fantastic. Mm. Okay, and you've uh, you've you've made a, a documentary for Radio Four, Neil, haven't you? About um, I mean, not about being Bristolian, but 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 actually the next dynamic I'm going to talk about our cultural mix in the city. Uh, and it was a bit about white privilege. Can you just give us almost, I know that you could go on for three hours, but just literally, <laughs> literally yeah. in a nutshell, what it was about. It was about whiteness. So the whole thing around uh, white privilege and the debate around um, off the back of the Running Me Trust report in Bristol in 2017, which just, you know, reported that Bristol was the most uh, socially economically divided city and racially divided city in the UK. Um, and so it was off the back of that, and it's particularly looking at the notion of what whiteness is, what white privilege, white fragility, that kind of stuff, and um, how much of a reality that is. And obviously, this stuff has been blown open wide now since we've had the Black Lives Matter movement, because this was about a year ago I made this. Um, but we all, what we also did was talking to people in Hartcliffe about how they felt when they were told they had white privilege and how they react to that, and maybe get a bit defensive, and how we can maybe start to have those conversations more effectively so it doesn't push those people to the sidelines uh, and we're not kind of sat there waiting to say and call people out uh, kind of for, for being privileged or being racist all the time. How can we educate people um, from the communities like where, where Kayla's from, really, from Noel West, from Southmead, that maybe aren't from, you know, I'm from the inner city. I've kind of grown up around multicultures. It's kind of second nature, but for some people it isn't. So if you keep telling poor people that they're privileged, whilst they don't necessarily get the, the added layer of race, I think sometimes it's actually counterproductive uh, and forces them into the hands of the far right, who are going to sit there and go, "Come with me, yeah. come with me." Yeah. 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 Uh, so, so it was kind of about it was about all of that really, and unpicking some of that stuff politically. Sure. Okay, thanks, Neil. I'm just going to read out a couple of comments. Um, one is, "Who is Neil Mags?" He tried to make it anonymous, but it was actually Ivan Jackson. Um, Christine says, "I'm an Essex girl, but I've lived here for 40 years, and Bristol's in my heart." I don't need to call myself Bristolian. Thanks, Christine. Um, Chris says you generally uh, only hear Bristolians spoken in working class communities. If you go to cities in the north, people in the middle class professions speak with identifiable local accents. In Bristol, those professions are all filled by people who come here to university and never leave. Now, something I'm, I, I, I want to say about this, about people changing their accents, people born and bred in Bristol, but being told you need to have elocution lessons or you need to not pronounce your R's, right? Because otherwise you won't get a job um, or you won't get a good job uh, if if you keep your accent. Neil, I know you've spoken for a bit. Lloyd, yeah. accents, right? H have you ever felt you need to tone down your Bristolian accent, apart from maybe when you was in Scunthorpe against City versus Scunthorpe and you was in a pub full of uh, Scunthorpe supporters. But have you ever felt the need to tone down your accent in order to advance in life? Well, mine's in reverse. When I'm with me, because I'm just a simpleton, I, I like to use the word simpleton. Um, I like to, sometimes I feel something when, I, when I'm a, with a load of educated people, I, I call educated or posh people in my eyes. I think I got to change the tone of my accent to try and to fit in slot in a little bit sometimes but then it don't come out right you know it just makes me it sounds worse than it really am so yeah i sometimes depending what company I, I am in 
I, I feel I have to just change the tone to make me sound a little bit more intelligent than I am. I don't know why, but that's, I do that. I seem to do that pretty frequent. Kayla, <laughs> how about you? Have you, you ever felt that you've had to tone down your accent uh, at any stage or has any, anyone ever told you that you need to? Yeah, so when I was studying, I was encouraged to. And when I went on like placements and stuff, I was encouraged to change my accent. And I ended up just adopting someone else's accent. And I'm not very good at doing accents, so it all came out terrible. But um, <laughs> I just remember there being this like moment in, in my working life where I started doing a lot of um, presentations for the community projects I was working on. And I just got more and more confident with just being myself and talking with my accent and realising that for every time I did that and I didn't try and hide how I sound, that actually it was changing the stereotype. And so people would, I would start talking and they'd probably have all of, you know, oh, she's a bit silly or whatever. And by the end of it, you know, hopefully what I said would, would, would be more important than the way I said it. And hopefully, like, change perceptions a bit. Because, yes, a bit annoying that that they will be surprised if you know what you're talking about. But also it helps change those perceptions because the more that we hide it, and that's why I got to a point where I was like, why am I hiding this? Why am I hiding who I am? Why am I watering down who I am? How does that help anyone, really? Yeah. It makes me feel a bit more comfortable at first and really uncomfortable afterwards. So, yeah, I just got to a point where I stopped caring. Okay. I mean, I, I've I've been asked if I'm drunk in a meeting, so part of it's about the way I am and not necessarily accent. But um, I wasn't, by the way. I was going to say, but were you? That was a thing. No. Okay. Um, I'm just going to read a, a couple of more. In in terms of Christine's point, um, who says that she's an Essex girl and she doesn't need to be Bristolian. Um, Ivan says it's an important point. We we've all got different needs, though. We're not all made the same way. Um, Sherry says, I'm a Bristolian and proud, but Africa is in my heart. Um, James says, blimey, Sherry Eugene is here. I used, I used to enjoy watching you <laughs> signing on HTV. Um, hang on a minute. Thank you, James. Thank you. There you go. That's my bit of signing. Um, someone else went to elocution lessons. Nick says, I spent 52 years in Bristol, brought up here. No one ever told me to speak one way or another but I don't speak with a Bristol accent. Okay, that's interesting. And Mandy says, uh, uh, Thomas and I were born in Bristol and have lived here for most of our lives, but we don't have Bristolian accent. Does that make us any less Bristolian? Thomas gets fed up with people calling him posh. Um, and Declan says, I was always called posh at my comprehensive for speaking uh, RP, but have no idea why I have the accent. So I know the reason that I am, some people would say, oh, Pat's well-spoken sometimes or, or, or not other, is because my dad is very well-spoken and obviously we get much of what, uh, uh, from, from home, um, we, we'll get an accent sometimes from home uh, and I've slid into my Bristol accent. But I've always objected to those people that look down at a Bristolian accent and say, oh, don't speak like that. Um, you know, I think that, that's one of the big problems with maybe Birmingham, the Midlands and Bristol is that we don't seem to be proud of our accents. Neil. Yeah, I, I think that's a really good point. I mean, how many times have you heard somebody say, oh, my God, do I sound really Bristolian? Yeah. Did I sound really Bristolian? So I've lived, I've lived in Leeds. I've lived in Manchester, uh, going back a bit. You would never find somebody from Leeds 
saying, oh, do I sound like a Yorkshireman? That wouldn't happen. Yeah, they're fiercely proud of it. So that that sounded Welsh. It did sound Welsh, boy. Yeah, yeah, so you don't, you don't. And I think there is, so we have unconsciously internalised this stuff um, that we're, you know, we don't want to sound like the accent we are because of those things of being silly, stupid, all that kind of stuff. Um, But the, the broadcasting industry doesn't help that by not challenging and changing that. We, we had a conversation uh, when I rang into your radio show on Tuesday, Pat, and we said about trying to rack our brains and think of national broadcasters with a, not a Bristolian or a West Country accent. And, yeah. we, you know, we could come up, even come up with Brummies and Geordies and Welsh. And so that whole posh received pronunciation, BBC sort of plummy voice has gone. And there is colloquial accents out there, but not that much in Bristol. But for me personally, I'm not allowed to swear, am I? No, no. Uh, well, I, you know, for me, I'm kind of like sod you. This is what I am. Yeah. And if you, okay. if, it's your problem, not mine. Yeah. So I'm a bit on the front foot with that. But I do think we need to be a bit more confident about how we speak. You know, as the accent wise, I really do. Okay. Is is there a case? Because I'm I'm sensing there are a, a lot of people po- posting comments that don't have a Bristol accent. Now I don't think I have a Bristol accent. But Aisha uh, on from BCFM on, on Real Women came in the other morning and went. You're definitely Bristolian, so she. But I don't see that I have. But then, at one stage, I felt pressured that I need to lose my accent if I want to go and work on the BBC or work in radio, and I think that maybe we just maybe we highlight the accent too much in the sense that let's not be afraid of a, a Bristolian accent. But then, how about people that have got or have not got a Bristolian accent that have lived? and breathed and worked in the city for 30, 40 years. They're, they're just as much part of um, our city as, as you, Neil, or you, Kayla, or or you, you Lloyd. It, yeah. Isn't that a fair thing to say? Yeah. 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 Okay. I think it, I think it would be more I'm so... I'm just curious, like... I'm just... I'm curious. No, go on. No, I was just going to say, I think... Uh, this is not about everyone has to have a Bristolian accent in the media. It's just that if you go and listen to Radio Leeds or Radio Manchester or Radio Hull or Radio Newcastle, you hear that regional accent. You yeah. don't hear the Bristol regional accent. So it's not about, you know, it's just re-collaborating that a little bit. And you can have people, as you say, there's people that live on Gloucester Road or in Clifton, don't speak with a strong Bristol accent like somebody from Southmead or Nor West or wherever it would. Um, that's fine. That's OK. But we don't hear those. It, I think it's a cla- it's rooted in class. Bristol, now, is a, Bristol is a very classist, classist city. Now, I'm really pleased that you said that because I was going to move on. So is it because somebody said, um, and it's Chris who said, local broadcasters could do a lot more to use presenters who sound like they come from here. OK, but who makes those decisions? If you have a middle class person who is in charge, male or female, or a white middle class person who is in charge, I mean, with the exception of Tim Pemberton, who was at BBC Radio Bristol, who is a black man, but then he was more posh in terms of his accent than Boris Johnson. So, sorry, Tim. But my point is, if you've got or you haven't got Bristolians in the corridors of power in TV and radio, then they're not going to want to get people like them. If you've got middle class, well-spoken people in the, 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 the powers that be... They're going to want to get people that sound like them, sometimes with just a neutral accent. And I'm afraid yep. our local radio is filled with non-Bristol accents. And that, right. 
that seems to brainwash us as Bristolians, or sorry, I just call myself one, uh, or honorary Bristolians or part-time Bristolians, that we need to speak like them and be be ashamed of our accent. So isn't it the more we hear it, the more normal and the better and the prouder that we'll be, Neil, Kayla? Yeah, know. people recruit people recruit in their own image, don't they? I mean, that and that doesn't just go for accent. That goes for race. That goes for class. That goes for everything. There's a there's a there's a massive diversity problem in the media in general, uh, specifically in relation to this. Yeah, yes, of course. If you if you have somebody that's a Bristolian and somebody with an accent, then they're going to be braver and they're going to want to recruit people that kind of represent that. For me, when I listen to and you know I've got friends there and a lot of stuff to do is very good. But when I hear a Bristolian accent on on the radio, it's on a phone in. It's always the guest. Yeah, it's John phoning in from Embry. Yeah, and it's you know or Dave for, and it and it's like come on, like you know what we're always the guest, are we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not the presenter, always the guest, not presenter, and that goes across. That goes across uh, race, I get as well. Okay, here's a question: Definitely. Would you, would any of the panel be able to tell the difference? I'll start wider. I know Tristan Corks on from the post. Uh, evening, Tristan. Um, who would be able to tell the difference from a from, stop it from a a Somerset accent to a Bristol accent or a Yeovil accent or an Exeter? Now, Lloyd Russell, you used to be involved in a few fisticuffs back in the day at football matches would you be able to tell if they were Exeter fans Yeovil fans or City fans by their accent yeah who goes down the quickest I I can only tell by the shirt they're wearing other than that no okay all right um Kayla how about you would you be able to tell a West Coast so people say oh the Wurzels but they're not Bristol so would you can you tell the difference i i'm 60 percent sure that i could because the other 40 is the one that gets confused and i don't i i, I do i mean i know the difference when i hear it but when i try and do impressions of one accent this was going back to being in school drama not because i walk around trying to when i wanted to be an actress at one point and i knew i couldn't because i couldn't do impersonations of accents and someone said be Indian and I sounded Irish. So the, the 40% of me that's not sure is the person that knows that when I was a child, I, I couldn't mimic accents. So it makes me question myself. But I feel like I could, but only 60% sure. Okay. All right. Um, Magsy, how about you? Can you tell? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, a little bit. You, I think Gloucester, Gloucester is a bit more role in Gloucester. Somerset's more like that. There is a either side of the river that the R kind of rolls in a different way it's okay. quite subtle i mean i think even south bristol and north bristol is, is quite ah, different i was going to yeah. move to that because some people will claim and i kind of think i i spent a lot of time in south bristol growing up right um yeah. so no um it's funny my sister-in-law goes yeah i guess where are you from she goes i'm from noel noel it's like not Noel. it's like but you can tell the difference between an eastern or a or a patchway or a Southmead accent and 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 one on the south of the river. So you'd be able to, would you? Yeah, yeah. And I, I think playing football, you play across. I know you've been involved in football yourself, all across the city. If I struggle a bit with South Bristol when it's when people are drinking after football and it's the fastness and it's the kind of got to tune in a bit. Um, I think there is a you know North Bristol. I mean, you know, we've got places like Southmead and Hembury and Lawrence Western, which are quite strong sort of, but but the river makes, you know, forget the old days, the river was Gloucester North okay. and Somerset South and, and and that there is a slightly different 
uh, context to it. So I think you can. I mean, it's I, I, I very people from outside Bristol. When I lived up north, they thought I was from London. So I think, or they thought you were a farmer. So I think people, yeah. the further you get away, people don't pick up on it. But it's definitely there. It's definitely slight variance, I think. Okay. Um, can I just say that one thing? I know if you say Tristan Cork's listening, and he's and he's a linguistic, or he considers himself one. That's we're talking about. We don't speak right in Bristol. If you go back to Old English, the Bristolian, the West Country accent, is the closest to the original Saxon accent. Okay. So actually. You know this this received pronunciation posh voice comes down from Inverness, right. from the school from Scotland. So we we are we are you know Bristolians and West Country is is the original accent. Is it? Look, you know. Is it? <laughs> is it dying out, Lloyd? Is because no. Bristol is you know the UK and, and and thank goodness in many respects that it's a melting pot. It's diverse culturally, yeah. geographically. Uh, and I think we should be proud in Bristol that people have come to study or come to work for the short term and now said, I want to live in Bristol. So that in itself will bring a mishmash of accents as we move forward. Are we going to yeah. lose the Bristolian accent? Is it going to morph into something else? Like, so what? young kids who are into rap and grime yeah. almost speak like oh. a... Shalina explained to me what it was and I've forgotten. They almost speak a unique accent that is unique to young people. Um, within that kind of like black music culture, even though they might be white, do you think that will yeah. happen in Bristol? De definitely, definitely. Because, you, like I said before, we've got to move with the times. Bristol is moving with the time zone. Outside of London and, and the major city like Manchester, we're, we're, we're up there. We're up there. So, unfortunately, people want to come to Bristol and it, yeah, overall it's going to change. It's going to definitely Bristol, that okay. Bristol thing will disappear, I think. <laughs> Kayla, how about you? What do you think about the accent? Will it will it, will it eventually go? Well, what Lloyd said has just really disturbed me. Um, mm. So now I'm just thinking, like, less can we just like make everyone in any prominent voice be Bristolian? We probably can't hire based on that base, and but that's that's what I'm feeling based on that horrible futuristic yeah. um, prediction. Well, my daughter. My daughter, I didn't think chatted that Bristolian, but then I'm told I chat quite Bristolian. Yeah. So maybe she's comparing herself to me. But when we go somewhere else, obviously we don't these days, but when we did used to go somewhere else, people would say, oh, yeah, you could hear it in her accent or she'll go see someone I'm not there and they'll say she had an she had a Bristolian accent. Yeah. Um, so I think it might be less strong maybe in the younger generations but definitely people from outside the city can still hear the difference mm. christine says but yeah let me just save the bristol accent petition after all right this. Save, <laughs> save, yeah. well christine says it's a mishmash uh, and she says that young people uh, can often switch as well um and yeah. will it go well you hear kids of any ethnicity speaking with a grime accent in the city and that, and that's what that's the point i'm making but the other point is, is the accents important as part of Bristol identity? But but like everything, um, things evolve. I want to ask you guys, because we're nearly coming to the end. What is it? If you had, I suppose, the choice or, 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 or you could decide, what would it be about being a Bristolian that would be the most important thing that we must retain? Accent might be some of it, but what qualities... Um, as Bristolians, must we retain to to make it unique? Magsy, I'm going to pick on you first. 
I think we need to retain our tolerance, uh, our, our openness, our, our innovation, our ability to kind of be quite creative here. I, 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 keeping that whole welcoming thing, you know, the 91 languages, all that kind of stuff, um, you know, and, and accepting everybody who and where they are. Um, but that doesn't necessarily mean everyone's a Bristolian. That's 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 just the fundamental difference to, to kind of to draw. But I but I think we also need to protect local identity a bit as well. How? Um, I, I think by 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 this by having measures, you know, people need to see or hear people like them to aspire. So I want to hear local accents on um, on in the media. I want to see people from Knoll West and from South Me, because the dilution of the accent is only going to really happen where I am here in the inner city. It's happening already. It's not, you know, people that move to Bristol from outside, they aren't moving to Knoll or South Mead. Yeah. They're moving to Eastern, to St. Werbrooks, to St. Paul's, to, you know, to, to um, Gloucester Road. So it's diluting there already, but I want to see opportunities for young people. And I know you've worked in Youth Work Pat, Michaela does it, Lloyd himself as well. I, young people from all parts of the city in these leadership positions, however they speak, but actually hearing a bit of an accent as well. I think that's how you preserve um, a, a degree of, of, of localism and a degree of identity. And you accept everybody at the same time, if that makes sense. Mm. Thank you. Um, so just, I'm flicking, I'm sorry if I haven't caught everyone's um, comments. I've got my dodgy glasses on today. Um, one comment, Christine, you're, you're such welcoming, tolerant people. I remember my first experience of my local pub who didn't like strangers but were incredibly welcoming. Chris says people used to use old phrases like Arbis uh, in an un, uh, unself-conscious way, but now it's usually said ironically. Uh, I can't use Cheers Drive since they put it in lights. I get that as well. There are kind of, you know, um, the whole, yeah, the whole thing of people from outside taking phrases almost in a patronising way that Bristolians use and then making Bristolians feel kind of funky about it and going do you know what I'm not going to say that now because people will take 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 the mickey Lloyd we're not spoken to you in terms of what qualities as a Bristolian do we really need to safeguard and retain I, I think part carry on what we're doing I mean there's the statue incident is just a, just a blip but I think we're growing we've already been leader of city around the country we I want to do it again I think carry on the way we're doing we're multicultural diverse I think it's a brilliant city. It's, it's as good as any of those London or we've just got to carry on the way we're doing. And it's just, I just endorse what Neil, Neil was saying as well. I've just got to carry on the way we're doing. We're doing fine. We're doing absolutely fine. I suppose a bit of a deeper question and I'll stay with you, Lloyd, because we haven't got very long, yeah. but the future, yeah. uh, our young people, not just in our inner cities, but people that come in here no. through, from universities. Um, it's not easy. There is a gap. There is a class divide in the city, yeah. what, what what can we do to make sure that there is, um, without wanting to sound like a politician, but a fair chance for everybody, especially our young ones coming through? What what needs to be done in Bristol? I, I think the young people, like um, like McKenna is saying, got to be more vocal to to the politicians, and they have to be listened to. The simple as that. Uh, so, some of the old fogies was out there that. They're setting their own way sometimes. You've got to listen to the young people. And that's as simple as that. You, to grow, you have to listen. And so just, as long as you're listening, you'll be fine. Thank you, Lloyd. I, I couldn't agree more. Kayla, um, in terms of our young people, a divided city in terms of income and, 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 and you know, gender pay gaps, race, um, education, employment, um, health. 
what do our young people need to do or what do we need to do as well with our young people, not for them, to make sure that things equal out more in our city? Well, thinking back to the original question Neil was answering and then to this new question, like I think the answer is the same partly really. Like love and listening, I think are two, like to always just approach anything and anyone with love and to be willing to listen. And I think that then answers everything because you're more creative if you love and you listen, you're more connected if you love and you listen. And I just think like, there, there are two things that I think I would associate, at least with the original idea of a Bristolian in my head, someone who's welcoming, friendly, have a cup of tea, like, let's have a chat, tell me your side of the story sort of thing. Like, um, And I just think that, uh, that if we can teach young people about listening as well, because a lot of the time it's all like consuming, we're sharing, pictures, images, fast feeds. But no, is, is anyone really like, is anyone really listening? Is anyone really communicating like deeply? And I feel like that like friendliness, love and togetherness is to me something that like makes me think of a Bristolian, someone that is like a really like a good, making a good friend, you know? And that we're all like friendly. Um, and I feel like we're losing that both everywhere really. And I think now's the time, if any, to start thinking about all these things now where some some people's lives are slowing down or pausing i know other people have got it loads on but like yeah now's the time to go back to what we are as humans which is to love and listen oh michaela i really wish that i didn't have to speak to neil mags now because that would have been a most <laughs> beautiful yeah. way to to end you you've, you've really you've i've really connected with what you were saying neil um moving on from what oh. kayla's saying you know, what do we need to do to, to make sure that there is a future for us and our youngsters growing? I don't think that question is just for us. It's also for new people that come in. Is that, uh, and, and it's very interesting. Uh, I, I recently did, did a documentary on, about St. Mark's Road and uh, about this kind of issue. And actually, what you have are people, um, you know, that, that came here during the wind rush or, you know, people like from the Sweet Mart that came here as, as refugees you know, 40 years ago, 30, yeah. 40 years ago, that now, you know, my street used to be multicultural. I've been here 14 years. It's literally now becoming monocultural. It's it's all white people and most of them are from London and they'll have their parties. They'll play music till six o'clock in the morning and there's Asian families, black families, white families like myself that we've all been here. We all know each other and they all know each other. And actually, so my message is not just for what we need to do. I think people that come into any space need to respect the existing culture right. you know, and, and, and actually work with that, not to come in with sharp elbows and move out of the way. We are really welcoming Bristol, in Bristol. We will welcome anybody, but just have a little bit of thought for who is here as well. Yeah. And, and I think so my message would be for both is that let's give some space uh, to preserve some local identity. And that's a multicultural lo local identity of Bristol because people conflate that sometimes when I say it. Um, but, you know, people that come in, just be a little bit mindful and a bit respectful. And then I think that, you know, um, but I think something like this is brilliant because we're having a conversation. This is yeah. this is long overdue, I think. So hats off to the yeah. the museum for putting this on. Yeah, thank you so much, uh, Karen and uh, the, the, the team at Mshed. So that's it. Our hour is up. Um, oh, what does it mean to be a Bristolian? Well, it seems as though from our conversation, you can be uh, if you self-identify as that, but not according to Magsy. You need to have been here for a little while and you need to have contributed to the city 
uh, something uh, that Lloyd Russell says. But I'd like to probably leave it with, um, you know, people say, listen, Lloyd says we need to listen to each other. Kayla says um, that we've got a fast lifestyle. But I would go back to that listening. We need to listen. Um, we've got our views, fine. Uh, and we've got our, our convictions. But if we don't listen, we'll never learn. doesn't matter whether we're 10 um, or 90 years of age. And maybe that's a good uh, way to end things. We are an official One Love City. Um, Neil? Yeah! Yeah, Kayla, Lloyd, and everybody who's joined us this evening, uh, whether you're from Bristol or wherever you're from, uh, God bless you. Have a wonderful evening. And um, definitely keep it Bristol. Good night. Take care. Thank everybody. you. Bye-bye. God, God bless. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.